All right, um, I have the scripture reading for this morning. It's in Luke, Luke 1, uh, 39 through 56. Uh, in those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town on the hill country of, in the hill country of J Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. And how could this happen to me, that the, Lord of my, the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt with joy inside me. Beside, blessed is she who believed the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, because the mighty one has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear on him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm and has scattered the proud. Because of the thoughts of their hearts, he has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. And Mary stayed with her about three months, then she returned to her home. Goodness. All right, yep, so if you want to follow along, we're in Luke chapter 1. If you want a copy of God's Word, there's one in the back, well, many, because you can have one at the back on the welcome table, and feel free to take that. I'm excited just to be with God's people this morning. Um, Something cool happened yesterday. Uh, we were a group of us were able to go and uh, pray uh, at the high school. Uh, the principal um, invited us in, and we just got to pray literally over every teacher, every classroom. And so that was just a, a wonderful time. And so just just continue to pray for our community. You know, that's we we don't exist purely for ourselves. We exist to to serve those around us. So continue to pray uh, that God opens doors there. All right, so Luke 1. Uh, so when I think about Advent, Christmas time, the, the whole thing is a reminder that God keeps his promises. If you could look and take a brief survey of the Old Testament, it is a, a list of promises that God makes about one who will come and save his people. And Advent, the time that we remember Christ's coming is the time where he fulfills those promises. And so we look and we see that we have a God whose character is promise keeping. When we think about the character, the faithfulness, the consistency, uh, the glory of our God, it should bring us to worship and obedience. And that's what we see in this text here that Mary is reflecting on the faithfulness of who God is, and it brings her to worship, and it brings her and helps her continue in obedience. So let's pray that the Lord would help us. Lord, would you help us to understand your word? Lord, we are just in, in desperate need of you. The, uh, you said that, that, that people do not live by bread alone but by every word which comes from the mouth of God. So would you feed us this morning 
with your word, the word that, that without we will, will, will not know you, we will not have what we need, but if you give us your word, we will be full. So fill us this morning with the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So if you look at verse 39, it says, In those days Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah. Now what is it talking about in those days? If you look uh, to the story previously, it was when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, Hey, by the way, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and you are going to be pregnant. And Mary's like, um, I'm not married yet. This is going to be awkward. You know, people, what are people going to think? She, you can imagine that she had a sin sense of fear, that she had a sense of what am I going to do now? You can even get that from the verbiage it used. It says, in those days, Mary set out and hurried. She hurried. She, she, she is trying to process this miracle of this, this virgin uh, pregnancy, and she just doesn't know what to do. So she hurries. And in verse 40, it says, where she entered Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Now, what can, we can ask ourselves when we consider this text, text is, where do we turn in hard times? Where do we turn when we are confused? Where do we turn when we look at our life and we're like, that's not exactly the way that I thought it was going to be? And we can look at Mary as an example. So even when she's facing this ostracism and slander that will come from her uh, having this pregnancy, and this yes to this potential loneliness, right? She was engaged. She didn't know if Joseph would stay with her. She's feeling the weight of all of this. And I know that sometimes you feel the weight of, and the cost of serving God. Yeah? Sometimes you're serving God and you're like, this is hard. This is really hard. The question, like Mary, is where do we go when we need some solace, when we need some help? And what we can see from this is that she went to find help among the godly. Listen, and, 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 uh, and Luke 1, 6, it gives a description of Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's an awesome description. It says, both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to the commands and the requirements of the Lord. So she's in trouble. She doesn't know where to go. And she goes, well, well, out of all the people I could go to, where do I need to go? I need to go to God's people. I need to go be with those who serve the Lord because I don't know what to do, but I can find some strength with those who follow the Lord. Remember, the scriptures teach that Zechariah and Elizabeth, they are John the Baptist's parents and, and they are cousins with Mary. So she, she's seeking to go with her family, those who know the Lord, those who would encourage her. And we have to ask ourselves the same question. When we are in trouble, when we feel stressed, where do we go? The scriptures say that we have to go to our family in Christ. We have to go to those who seek to be faithful. So many times when we are in trouble and we're in distress, we settle for, for numbing. Yeah? Let me just watch Netflix some more. Are you still watching? Yes, I am. You know, like, let, let, me just, let me just eat some, some good food. Let me, just, let me just do something to distract me from the way that I feel. But, but that is not the way of life and of hope and of peace. The way of life and of peace is to find our family in Christ and say, listen, I'm struggling. I'm trying to see the Lord. This is what's happening to me, and I need some encouragement. 
And what's awesome when we look at verse 41 is that we see that God affirms Mary's faith and obedience with God's people. Look at verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt inside of her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. Now listen, did nobody know she was pregnant at the time, okay? So, blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill what he has spoken to her. We see that God is supernaturally affirming Mary's faith and obedience. Now, I can't imagine what it would be like to walk around and like, uh, who is, the, who is the, the parent, the daddy of that baby? Well, see what happened was uh, there was this angel and they'd be like, mm-hmm, okay, sure. You know, like she needed, she needed somebody to encourage her at that particular moment. Imagine the difficulty of those circumstances. And God revealed something of Mary's situation to Elizabeth. God affirmed Mary's faith. And what's encouraging is that as we see the Lord in hard times, God affirms our faith as well. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, maybe you felt like you were in a hard time, you felt some difficulty, and you were reading the scriptures, and one of them just jumped out to you. And you felt a piece of encouragement. Like the Spirit used a particular scripture to encourage you in a hard time. God does this for us. Are there times when, like in this uh, chapter, that the Spirit speaks through others to encourage us? You ever had somebody give you a word of encouragement? They didn't even know, like, the depths of your depression or how you were feeling. They just, they just said something, and you're like, man, I needed that. When we go and spend time with God's people... The Lord affirms our faith, even in the midst of difficulties. We also see in this, this little text that God uses the unborn to witness to his presence. This is an affirmation of the dignity of every single human life. Yeah? The, the Holy Spirit highlights the personhood of this unborn baby. That John the Baptist in his mother's tummy gets near Jesus and gets happy. That, that's not a clump of cells, is it? No, that's a person. That's a person. We can see that the unborn are made in the image of God and are dignified by God. And then Elizabeth says something interesting to Mary. She says, you are the mother of my Lord. That's some, that's some interesting revelation there, right? Like, who told her that? <laughs> It's interesting because we see something of the truth of who Jesus is, that, that somehow that the God of all creation was dwelling in this baby inside of Mary. The God of all, like the mother of my Lord, the, the, the one whom I serve, the one who created all things, he is here with me. There was this big debate in the early church about what to call Mary. And it really wasn't about Mary. It was about Jesus. And they said, can we call her, I'm going to give you a Greek word, the Theotokos, which means the God-bearer. And some people got uncomfortable. They're like, God's in heaven, right? How can 
How can he be there? Like, what, you know, how can he just, she, how can he be in this, this baby? But the, there was this affirmation. No, no, no. Jesus Christ is fully God from conception. That, that in this, this small baby dwells the creator of the universe. The fullness of deity humbled himself in humanity. This is what we're celebrating, that the God who had no limits would limit himself for our salvation. And we can see that God confirms his promises. And then God's grace and mercy calls praise. You know, Mary just broke out into a praise break. Some of y'all know what that is. You know, some of y'all don't. It's okay. It, you can look at the, the clues. You know, you stop and you take a praise. Anyway, verse 46 says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. Because the mighty one has done great things for me, and his name is holy. Now, remember the context, y'all. She is in the depths of like, what is about to happen? God told me there's this baby. I, what, what, what is, and, and then God confirms his word to her, and she begins to praise him. God saw what the society would see as a nobody and dignified her with his presence and blessing. And that is often what God does. God takes those who, who the side looks like, I don't, know what, I don't know what they can offer. He says, no, that one. I will honor that one. I will use that one. And Mary responds in worship. In verse 46, it says, my soul magnifies the Lord. That idea of, of, you know what a magnifying glass is, right? You look real close and you look at different aspects of what you're examining. And what, what she is explaining is that worship is, is this magnification of the Lord. It's examining the, the diamond of God's character. You know, like if you, you look at a diamond and you, you look at different parts of the diamond and you see different aspects of the beauty. And when she begins to sing this song, what she is doing is examining different aspects of God's character and rejoicing in that. So often we come to church and we ask ourselves, what can I learn about me? What can I learn about who, what I'm supposed to do? And I, that's not all bad, but, but we need to understand that one of the reasons you exist is that you would examine the glory of God's character, that you would look at a beauty that would never stop being beautiful, a beauty that can never be fully exhausted, and a beauty that gives you joy. This is why you were created, that you would magnify, that you would examine, that you would see different aspects of God's character, and that through that he would bring you great joy. In verse 50, we see that God's character is consistent to all generations. He says, his mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Now, I can tell you one thing. Mary had been reading the Psalms, okay? May have been reading a lot of Psalms because that's all Psalm language. And it talks about this God who was faithful to every single generation. 
You see, he, she says, my soul is going to magnify him. And then she begins to do it. She begins to examine different aspects of his character, that he saves those who trust in him. And that didn't just start with Mary. It didn't just stop with Mary. Right? That's the story of the scriptures. As, as, the, as the Israelites would look back into their history, they would think primarily about the Exodus when they were enslaved and, and God came to the lowly, to those who were enslaved and freed them. And they could say, oh man, he saves those who trust in him. Not only that, they, they could say he gives the proud and the oppressor their due. Yeah. It says he scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts and he toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. And you might be in a season, you're like, I don't know if that actually is happening right now. But there is this story that the Israelites held dear, that when they were in trouble, that God parted the Red Sea, that they escaped to safety. But the proud Pharaoh and his army was swallowed up in the wrath of that sea. He gives the proud and the oppressor their due. And ultimately, he blesses the humble. Those who realize that all they have is the Lord. Those who realize, I, I can't find help anywhere else, but I can find help in him. He blesses those. And in the story of Jesus Christ, we see that he continues to reflect God's gracious character to all generations. Who could save us from our sin? Yeah. Who could defeat Satan? Who saves and fills the humble? It is not Christ. That's, that, that's for you. I, I love in Acts 2, Peter's preaching. He's like, yo, there's a salvation. That's for you and your children and anybody else. Like, everybody can get it. Right? Everybody who would humble themselves can, can receive this salvation from the Lord. And then also in verse 54, we see that Mary is a bit of a theologian. Christ is the fulfillment of God's faithfulness to Israel. It says, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. So back in Genesis 12, when God chooses this, this man named Abram and he says to him, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless all the world through you. With the coming of Christ, Mary is realizing that God is about to fulfill this promise. In Galatians 3, 8, it says, Now the scriptures saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, All nations will be blessed through you. And we see the fulfillment. You, you can go across the nations today, and you'll see those of every hue proclaiming the glory of Christ Jesus as a fulfillment of what God promised all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. Our God is faithful. His character is consistent. He is worthy of honor and glory and praise. And we can see as, as Mary uh, came to find solace with, with her family, those who would seek the Lord, we can see that worship and fellowship encouraged her continued obedience. In verse 56, it said, And Mary stayed with her about three months, and then she returned home. What, returned home to what? She, she returned home to that potential slander. She returned home to that potential loneliness. She returned home to this reputation that actually didn't match her character. But nonetheless, she returned home because she was encouraged. When we view the glory of Christ Jesus, 
when we see his faithfulness, not only to us, but to all generations, it can encourage us to continue to walk the path that the Lord has set before us. You know, we, 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 this, this psalm, this, this, this song that Mary sings, it, we, we can see its fulfillment in the incarnation, in the, in the fact that, that God became man. See, the incarnation, that is the ultimate revelation of God's character and his promise keeping. You know, that the Most High saw us in our humble condition. Remember that song she said, it said, he has mercy on the humble. Listen, how humble were we that we were slaves to sin? That we would do the things that we did not even want to do and then feel regret and then go back to the same thing. Am I talking to myself? I felt that. I don't know about you. And, I, and, I, and when, 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 I, when, when the scripture says slaves to sin, I felt that slavery in my own soul. Not only were we slaves to sin, the scripture says that we were under condemnation. That the same one who would tempt us, Satan, would then turn around and accuse us when we are in sin. And the crazy thing is he's right. We are under condemnation because it is objectively true. Because we cannot get away from our sin. And he saw us, like, like when Christ looks at us, sometimes we think when Christ looks at us, he sees like these dirty, rotten, nasty sinners. But every time Christ looks at sinners, the scripture says that he is moved with compassion. That every time he looks at, at sinners, he says, they are like sheep without a shepherd. They are, they, are, they are in trouble. No one is there to protect them. And he takes it upon himself to go and pursue his lost sheep. See, the exalted one came near to us. The word became flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. See, see the, the creator of the universe, he went on a personal rescue mission. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a prophet. He himself came and dwelt among us. And he suffered and died. He took the consequences of our sin in his own body. He stepped in front of the bus that is the condemnation of our sin. He rescued us and he rises again and imparts life. See, Christ suffers for us, rises again. And get this, he's not bitter about it. You ever serve somebody, but in, in the back of your mind, you're like, man, get your junk together. Uh, well, y'all felt that. <laughs> but no, no. But listen, listen. Though Christ has served us, he has zero bitterness about it. He's not like, I can't believe that you keep on. He's like, no, I love you. I have pursued you. I am going to continue to pursue you. Listen, he is exalted and he continues to offer forgiveness and life today. He's not consumed with bitterness, but rather seeks to bless us. And what's, what's, what's so beautiful about the, the incarnation, this fact that, that in Christ, God draws near, is that, y'all, Christ draws near to us again and again as we worship him together. Yeah? He comes, again. look, when the church gathers, it's a gathering of humble sinners. We don't come with a bunch of gifts to bring him. We come needy. Humble, lowly. And we know from Mary's song that he blesses the humble, that he saves the lowly. We come with this expectation that Christ would meet us. Beloved, he is with us in our singing. He is with us through his word. He is with us in the supper.
That, that's one of the reasons we come to worship, not, not, not to get a, a, a life plan necessarily, not to get a, 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 a little fix, but to understand that Christ has promised to meet us here. Which is, listen, I don't know about y'all, we got a little humble church, yeah? I mean, it's pretty humble, okay? Nonetheless, the king of all creation promises to meet us when we gather in his name. Listen to this quote from from an old saint. It said, meet together in the name of Jesus. He is your prophet, your shepherd, your bishop, your priest, in the midst of you to open to you and to sanctify you and to feed you with life and to quicken you with life. He continually comes to his people who are in need. We also need to understand, listen, 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 this world is dangerous, yeah? We have a lot of reasons that we can be discouraged. And we have this encouragement from the scriptures that we meet together to be protected from Satan and discouragement. Remember the story, right? Mary's like, oh my goodness, what is about to happen to me? Where do I need to go be with God's people? Because discouragement could have consumed her. But she needs to be with God. Listen, I, I, I know I got a lot of quotes today, but this, this is a guy named Ignatius of Antioch. Like, who is that? Let me tell you why it matters. It's very interesting. He was discipled by the guy that was discipled by Apostle John. Okay? He's early on. And these are some of his last words of encouragement as, on his way to martyrdom. So, like, when you're about to die, you're going to write something important, hopefully. You're going to write what you really, really mean. And one of the last things he says, he says, Seek, therefore, to come together more closely, to give thanks to God and to glorify him. For when you are each together closely, the powers of Satan are cast down, and his destructive power is brought low by your agreement in the faith. He says, when you meet together, your Savior protects you. When you meet together, he casts down lies. So, beloved, when we come and when we we gather for worship, we come prepared to meet with the living God. We come with a spirit of expectation. The Lord's really, like, convicted me about this, that, like, on Saturday nights, I'm excited. I'm like, I'm about, we about to meet with the Lord. he's, He's about to, he's about to dispense some forgiveness and some grace. I might have had a bad week, but, but he is going to be there. And one of the interesting things is this, this relationship between, between what we get from Jesus and the faith that we have in Jesus. You know, oftentimes when Jesus would heal somebody and they were like, thank you. And he would say this phrase. He would say, your faith has made you whole. They actually came to Jesus with a sense of expectation and Jesus met their expectation. So, beloved, when we come to worship together, we're saying the same God who came in the flesh is the same God who promises to meet us through his spirit. We come with a sense of expectation. So God's character and promise keeping, it brings us to worship and obedience. And as we ponder the goodness of Christ in the scriptures, he encourages and strengthens us. And so we say, praise Christ, the promise keeper, who meets us in our humble state to save and encourage us. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, I thank you so much that you love your people who are humble and often sick with sin. But Lord, you draw near to give us forgiveness, to defend us from our enemies, and to encourage us 
as we seek to walk in you. Lord, I pray that you would um, heighten our level of expectancy when we gather together. Lord, that you have made promises, Lord, that when we gather in your name, you are with us. That when your word is spoken, you are with us. Lord, you promise to, to hear our prayers. You have given us so many precious promises. So help us to gather with expectancy. And Lord, would you strengthen us to, to walk in a way that honors you. Lord, I know that there are some here who might be in a particularly hard season. And Lord, I ask that, that your people, your word, your presence would encourage them to keep walking because you are good. And Lord, I'm just excited that we get to examine your character. We will not stop doing that for all eternity and we will not get to the bottom of it. So, Lord, fill us with joy as we seek to know who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.